Hi, this is Jordan. And I'm Brian. And you're listening to The Quality Varies. I apologize in advance if I sound a little bit echoey today. I'm recording from a new location and this desk is the only thing in the room. <laughs> it is a, nice. you can see in the camera, but it is a, it is, this wall is indicative of the entire room. It's empty. It's a void. It is a void. I have some sound panels coming in tomorrow, but uh, wow. we're recording tonight. Fancy. So. Yeah, sound panels and uh, a lot of posters and maybe a little rug, and then hopefully everything will be right in the world again. Holy cow. How are you, Brian? Dandy. How uh, Did I already ask how you are? You asked me. The recording wasn't on yet, so uh, does that count? Nope. If how you ask how you, I am and nobody's here to listen, <laughs> am I okay? That's a, great, that's a great question. We should talk about that yeah. in depth someday. <laughs> I'll add it to the show notes. Uh, I'm great. Uh, I mentioned a little bit in the previous recording, but uh, I have moved. I am in an even colder area in the world. That's not what we're discussing today, so we'll we'll leave that for another uh, recording. It's it's finally getting a little bit cold, and so I'm. Mm-hmm. I walked outside today, and I was like, "Ooh!" And I yeah. walked back inside. I wasn't nice. about it. So, but, uh, <laughs> I'm excited for our recording today. Yes, I am very excited. We're talking about Critical Role. Uh, which to all of the fan out there that also listens to Critical Role, uh, we are missing the newest episode right now. It's on right now because we're recording this episode. I'd like to say the word dedication. I hear you as you say dedication. I would like to expound on that Neanderthalic thought and say that we are dedicated to this podcast. <clears throat> wow, that was a lot. Yeah, we're... Uh... Uh, disclaimer to everybody have serious doubts on the enjoyability of listening to this episode if you do not enjoy both D and critical role and you haven't yeah and you have not consumed their 800 some odd hours of content oh it's so more far. than that it's gotta be more than that well just it's season two like... and three technically we're not talking about season one uh okay uh, you got me there <laughs> Um, so just, just a, just a disclaimer on that. I don't want you to get an hour in and be like, oh, this is all they're talking about <laughs> because on. this is literally all they're talking about. You think they'd get an hour in? I, I think I told you at rehab that before I watched The Hobbit, I watched a four hour documentary on The Hobbit. You did tell me that. So you never know, man. If they would have put a disclaimer in the beginning of that documentary, maybe I wouldn't have watched it. Well, great. We just killed, we just shot ourselves in the foot for all those, all those listens we could have had, all those downloads. Yes, it definitely would have, it definitely will have a severe impact on our, on our downloads. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you know what statistical <clears throat> significance is? Oh, I looked at Another just time. you saying that, you saying that just gave me a headache. <laughs> <laughs> I've looked at too many numbers today. <laughs> What uh, we've talked about critical role already in the past. What are we talking about today? Well, campaign two, mm-hmm. uh, campaign three just started over a, uh, five weeks ago, I believe, because this is episode five uh, that we're missing right now. Uh, so the uh, you know this, Jordan, but before campaign three started, I was rushing to finish campaign two by any means necessary. 
And so I was watching like recap videos on YouTube that would condense between two and four hours of content into like a three to six minute little video bite. And then they stopped making those. And so I just was reading episode summaries online. And so I got like, I maybe got like 5% of all of the content that was there for the last like two thirds of the whole campaign. But very proud of myself because I caught up by the skin of my teeth before <laughs> before campaign three started. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, I was like listening to the last like 12 minutes of the last, the very last episode of campaign two at 1.5 speed as the first episode <laughs> of campaign three was like starting and I finished it in just enough time right after all the ad reads and uh, their like catch up announcements and stuff. So I like logged on, started watching right as they started playing, like right as Matt started introducing the world and everything. So that was cool. I do remember, I didn't know that you had to have it at 1.5 speed as well, <laughs> but I do remember you hopping on, we had a spoilers chat going on in the Discord mm-hmm. uh, with the D&D group, and right when the actual game was starting, I remember you hopping on like, guys, I've done it, I'm here. <laughs> I did it. So yeah, imp- impressive timing indeed. You still pseudo-consumed uh, the content. Mm-hmm. Do you, I mean, my, my first question to you, do you have any intention just over time to go back to any of those episodes, just me like a what's it called? Me- miserly, 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 leisurely, um, leisurely. I'm gonna cut that out. <laughs> wow, <laughs> no, you have to uh, leave it in. <laughs> uh, to le. I don't know what I was going for. What the heck? Like meander, maybe half. Yeah, that's the word I was back. thinking of too. I don't know. Wow. Maybe halfway through the episode, I'll I'll figure out what I was trying to do. But <laughs> do you do you have any intention of just going back on your own time and just slowly doing those episodes that you didn't ever watch? Um, an intention is a strong word, but yes, I have thought about going back. Maybe like years in the future after after they all uh, I don't know after the band breaks up and they stop. And they stop doing more. Maybe I I have thought about going back and just listening to campaign two, just all the way through again. Because the the parts that I did listen to were really really good, and the characters, even though I didn't love all of them, yeah, I definitely appreciated and and acknowledged all of like the the writing and the thought that went into their development. And, I mean, one character in particular I just loathed so much. We can talk about this later, but I just hated this one character every time no, I... No, don't. Dive, no, dive into it. Well, I want to know. You right can't now, just keep okay. me hanging. Uh, I hated Bo. Oh, Bo my Ringard. goodness. And I'll tell you why. There were several, several times that she would say some, like punk ass comment and i just heard it in my voice from high school because she was exactly exactly (laughs) like i was in high school and it just infuriated me because it just brought all that back for me awesome like uh in a 
like outside of a like a TV show or a movie character, like outside of the character, the the D and D build was actually really cool. Yeah, she was a monk. I I think monks are cool, um, and in combat she was like awesome. But man, did I hate listening to her talk. So uh, she, I mean, somewhat similar to to Keyleth. I mean, she was definitely. She was going for a certain type of personality. Do you mm-hmm. feel like, from what you did watch, do you feel like she did it well as far as what she intended? Oh, absolutely, yes. Okay. Yeah, no, okay. Marisha is amazingly talented at playing, yeah. at playing the character and playing the role. Absolutely. Like, props to her in every, in every way for playing that character. And, like... I would I wouldn't even feel like that ashamed or embarrassed to tell her exactly how I felt about Bo because like at the end of the day I related to Bo and uh, I think Marisha would even appreciate that she would appreciate the reason why I felt so strongly about Bo. I think it's almost a compliment that mm-hmm. you didn't like it because he resonated with it so much. Yeah. Yeah. And it and in a way it is a compliment to Marisha and Bo, that it, the character was so real that I did relate to it a lot. I probably related to Bo more than any other character. Fascinating. So, yeah. so your, so your least favorite character was Bo. Mm-hmm. Is that what? Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. That's funny. So, what was the? I mean, on the other side of it, what was the most? What was your favorite character from what you kind of watched and what you were able to kind of see in the development from the recaps? Well, it was obviously Ford. I don't think anybody's surprised by that. But it was obviously uh, Ford. Well, Ford I mean, was Ford was Travis's character, and I mean, enough said, right? So your favorite? I mean, my one of my future questions was going to be your favorite player. So mm-hmm. does Ford and Travis go hand in hand? Yeah, yeah, I think so for different reasons. I liked Ford. I loved I loved his Texan accent. It was it was awesome. And later on, um, he like switches to a British accent, which I only yeah. caught a little bit of. I stopped listening before that happened in the story. Yeah, but obviously, I listened to like the last episode, and so I got a little bit of it. But I really liked Ford's development, his character development, um, in that he started out as a warlock, which is not necessarily like an evil tilted class but it's mm-hmm. it certainly is easy to lean that way because like they get their magic from questionable sources and so his ford's whole development arc was about exploring his powers and where they came from and and how far he could grow with those powers and how how much he could train those powers without like succumbing to the dark entity that he was drawing them from. And then uh, I think around the time he started, he stopped the Texan accent and moved into the British accent was about the time he started like following um, one of the one of the gods in D and D, and he actually became a yeah. paladin for one of the other characters' god, I believe. And so it became this yep. really, like, really, you're, really you're right. powerful warlock paladin, which is like, when you think about power builds, a hexblade warlock and a paladin is like 
always up there in as far as like raw damage output. Okay. So that was just fun. Just knowing that yeah. he was that he was going along that route. Yeah. So just for the the audience, I want I want to quickly for no particular reason because people that have watched it are watching or listening to this and people that haven't watched it probably aren't listening to this, but I wanted to go through the quick uh, cast and kind of the characters that they're playing um, mm. to reference kind of when we're talking about it throughout the show. But in season two, oh, actually, one second, I had season three pulled up. Campaign two. two. So you had Travis playing Ford, Travis Willingham playing Ford Tough. I, I don't remember his last name. <laughs> I don't remember his last name, but uh, Sam would always make... He would always like, Sam Regal. Yeah, Sam Regal, who played not, and then Veth. Veth Bernardo. Yeah, he would always make jokes about Ford's last name being like Ford Models, Ford Focus, or Ford uh, Explorer, or just whatever. It was funny. It, yeah, Sam. Sam is a genius at he's... just letting, just inserting stuff. Mm-hmm. into probably too serious of moments and just <laughs> and making just... them not that way oh uh, yeah when we talk about uh campaign three there's a couple of just winners <laughs> from sam yeah yeah so we got travis playing ford uh sam plays veth uh who i think was a veth was like a rogue mm-hmm. started um, out as a as a goblin and then yeah got transmogrified into a halfling yeah halfling then then goblin then halfling again yes yep marisha ray played a beauregard lionette which is i think uh, just a, a human what are they called human monk mm-hmm. and, and her liam her subclass was a special uh a homebrew like a homebrew yeah. yeah matt wrote it specifically for marisha and you can find it in D beyond now they've added it in mm-hmm. so Liam O'Brien played Caleb Widogast, who was a wizard. Ashley Johnson played a dope character. Mm, Spoiler yeah. alert, my favorite character. Um, Yasha, and I don't know how to say this last, this last name. Not Nydroin? Close enough. I never heard it spoken, uh, so I don't know. I Yeah, I've never heard it spoken. I, oh, I, didn't, okay. I didn't recognize this. Towson Jaffe uh, played Molly Mock first. Spoiler alert. Uh, he he died. <laughs> he did. So then, uh, then uh, after Molly Mock, he played Caduceus Clay, and Caduceus was my runner-up for favorite character. Was he? Yeah. And I guess Molly Mock still counts because you know since we're just throwing spoilers this way and that, uh, Molly Mock comes back at the very end. Yeah. So I thought that was uh, such a cool thing that Matt did. I thought it was I thought pretty it was neat. Awesome. And then uh, last but not least, Laura Bailey played uh, Jester, mm. who. Like, oh man, I don't know. Now that I'm looking at Jester, Jester was a pretty <laughs> freaking cool character. Yeah, she had some winners. Uh, just, yeah, just some of the best moments. So good. Oh, I yeah, I loved it. So, and there were a ton of. Uh, I'm just kind of looking at. They had a ton of guests. They stopped doing guests uh, in, and then obviously after COVID started, so the list probably would have been twice as long or three times as long if they were able to have guests all the way through mm-hmm. they had a lot of cool guests um throughout the time the only one that i will mention is i think chris perkins 
Mm, yeah, I remember <laughs> that, dude. Oh, do you want to do you want to talk about that one? I just I'm gonna forget if I don't mention it right now. Oh, geez. do you want to do you want to bring that up? Yeah, what even happened? They were like they were underground for something. I can't remember what. They were underground. They found some lava fields or something like a lava pit underground. Yeah, I think they were trying to get somewhere discreetly. Um, again, it's been a lot, I don't remember all the details, mm-hmm. but they found this goblin and Chris Perkins, who is heavily involved with all things published D and D work yeah, he, and otherwise. Like on, he's yeah. he's he's just a huge presence in the community, um, and uh, he played uh, I think a goblin or I think a goblin. That was na- his name was Spurt. Yeah, yeah. So quickly, Chris Perkins is a uh, game designer and editor who works for Wizards of the Coast. Like Chris Perkins, Jeremy Crawford, and like maybe one other name is like the top three dudes at Wizards of the Coast, at least for Dungeons and Dragons. Like, yeah, a big, big name in D and D. Yeah, and anyway, he, he played Spurt. Played Spurt. They were in the tunnels. And probably, you know, it was obviously unexpected, but I think even more so just because it was a, by this time, Critical Role is more of a production. Like there's Mm -hmm. a lot of value going into this. There's, there's a bit more of a, there's a couple more layers in between the audience and just this game of Mm D&D. And uh, the thing that's, that's so surprising is basically Chris comes on, Chris is this huge name. It's so cool to kind of see him on the show. Chris is on the show for maybe five minutes, ten minutes. Yeah. Um, because he plays this goblin, and the goblin just has a super funny uh, personality, and they come up against an enemy, and the enemy hits uh, Spurt with a single attack, and Spurt just dies. <laughs> like, instantly <laughs> just is, like, deleted. Just gone. <laughs> uh, but I think Chris said... Uh, Chris understood because he knows everything about D and D, and Matt was like giving him the wide eyes when he said like the monster attacks him with this this big club or whatever, and Chris uh-huh. just looks to the rest of the group and he's like, I think he says like I, like I win uh, in this like super high pitched voice. Uh-huh. He's like I win, <laughs> yeah, and then he just gets splattered. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think they even then, said that like oh Spurt went splat or something because yeah. it was like. After Matt described it, it was like he pulls up the hammer or the the mace or whatever, and like there's just like bits of like gl- <laughs> like goblin goo just like dripping off of it after he picked it up. Yeah, and he Chris just that happens, and Chris is like, "Well, bye guys." And after like five maybe five <laughs> minutes of being in front of the camera, he just grabs his stuff and, and leaves, just like leaves the table. And- yeah, and I and I absolutely let the 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 cast is so just like wide eyed, like what the heck just yeah, happened? Just shocked. And they're like embarrassed. They're like they felt bad that like Chris, you came here mm-hmm. for that, like you. <laughs> but I think I think Chris just like I don't know. I'd, I picture kind of in a weird like. Uh, similarity to once you play D&D for a while you start to get enjoyment more out of the failures than mm-hmm. you do the successes Yeah. so I think Chris Chris has just been playing D&D so long that he just found such hilarity <laughs> from him just going on for only a couple minutes and mm-hmm. then dying hor- horrifically <laughs> and so I thought it was great yeah it was definitely hilarious 
Yeah. Um, it was an amazing moment. Um, mm-hmm. So my, so I talked about my favorite character. I said Yasha. Oof, man, it's probably mm-hmm. a tie between Yasha and Jester really? because Jester was just top notch. Mm. Yeah, definitely. My favorite player still stays consistent. I, I, it is still Sam mm-hmm. for campaign two. Yeah. It's just, it's too good. I mean, there was a special combination with Sam playing a bard in the yeah. first campaign yeah, definitely. that I think is always just going to live in history. Oh yeah. His, his play, his skill as a person mm-hmm. being able to lend himself oh, yeah. to the, the wittiness of being a bard. Mm-hmm. So I'll always be jealous of that. And if yeah. the first quarter of campaign one, if their audio wasn't so bad, I would probably rewatch campaign one <laughs> very frequently. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they were still figuring out uh, how to be public streamers uh, yeah. for many episodes in campaign one so yeah so my favorite player and my favorite character um and why man, what, what was so good about yasha yasha just so ashley was still figuring out like ashley was still gone for large swaths mm-hmm. of season two mm-hmm. um because her other acting gigs were, were were pulling her away yeah and they were in san the critical role was on the West Coast, and she was doing her work on the East Coast for so long. Yeah. But the times that she was there, it was just such a, like, I don't know, the whole thing about Yasha was just, like, a quiet strength, mm-hmm. which I always just found, like, so, like just very intriguing. Like, the, this whole quiet demeanor, but almost like it's quiet. Like, she's quiet because of... I don't know, like randomly, like randomly, very like sappy, but she's quiet because of like traumatic experiences and like, mm-hmm. f- sh- you know, forced shame in the past mm-hmm. um, that, you know, she keeps with her and like, that's her. So she like, she's kind of stuck in her own head a lot, mm-hmm. but the rare times that she, I don't know, half the time, like the rare times that she's distracted enough, not focus on that. The power that Yasha showed was just sick yeah yeah so i thought that i thought it was a really cool uh thing to just kind of watch that uh watch that happen or you know her interactions that she would have that you know like she could just she could just wreck people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and her it was really her own her mental battles were probably worse than or as bad as any any actual physical battles that she got into yeah yeah for sure so yeah, so so Yasha, um, definitely a cool one. But yeah. I mean, Jester, freaking hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who was funnier, Jester or uh, Veth. Not. Yeah, um, Veth was, Veth was bomb. Yeah, yeah. Again, it just it, I don't know if it was like I don't know if it was so much Veth or if it was just Sam throwing in his just comedic genius at every moment. But. Uh, did you? Yeah, she was, um, she was great. Did you watch any of the episodes where Sam would send uh, messages to any anybody else in the party? Oh yeah, and he'd always end with "You can reply to this message." <laughs> you can reply to this message. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I just I had to mention that I absolutely mm-hmm. I loved it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, and then Jester when Jester would send like the bigger version of that, like across the world, there's like yeah. a very specific word limit on that spell. 
and like Matt and Travis would like count and like they would cut her off. And so she'd be like in the middle of this like big, long, flowery description of what she was doing, run out of words and like, ah. so I just cast it again. And she'd just like go through all of her spells <laughs> just trying to talk to like some person on the other side of the world. Yeah. And that was another just good character stuff right there. Well, cause she totally stepped into it. Absolutely. Um, cause the first time or two, I think, like, she legitimately, like, she got carried away. Yeah, and they no, cut absolutely her off. Absolutely, she did, yeah. And then, and then, yeah, she just kind of let herself keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was really neat. And so, those two things I put just as just random kind of moments throughout the show that just kept coming up. Mm hmm. Yes. And every time you knew, like, oh, Jess is about to send another message. Yeah. Um, this is gonna be this is gonna be good. Like, yes. I'll pause my game or whatever, and uh. I'll just kind of watch it for a quick uh, bit. Yeah. Because everybody was just riveted on on her, and then she would get stressed more <laughs> because everybody's watching her. Yeah. So what uh, from what you watched or what you listened to? Did you have a favorite, like, fun moment in the in the series, uh, like comedic moment? And I can start with mine yeah, to give you, you a little start. bit more time if you'd like. You start, and I'll think okay. about it a little more. It's hard to think of a, like a, a top. And again, if I had just watched the entire series, taking notes yesterday, I probably would have something different. Fun moment and the serious moment, I think, are within an episode of each other. <laughs> um, around episode 93. Now, hmm. I, I, I remember... Um, I don't know if you had remembered or if you had gotten a chance to do it, but I specifically directed you to watch episode 93 or or whatever episode it was in that range. Mm -hmm. I don't, did you get a chance to do it? No, I didn't. Uh, at that point, when I was at that point, I was like, I have to read like five episodes a day just to like keep up and be ahead of campaign three's release. So I didn't obviously, yeah. Obviously, uh, you were down to the wire, anyways, yeah, as it was. Yeah. So, so from your recaps that you watched or uh, that you read, uh, around that time is when the party is at the party on the mm-hmm. island mm-hmm. of the uh, the traveler, yeah. uh, traveler con, yeah, yeah. Or whatever it's called. And Jester is finally getting to like see the traveler again and see all the other followers. And she thinks it's going to be this like grand thing. And then the traveler reveals, like, I don't have any freaking, I don't have any freaking clue what I'm doing. Uh, please, please help. Mm-hmm. And so she's, you know, she gets kind of thrown in both to the situation and, and also to kind of the true nature of her God. Mm-hmm. Um, so favorite series moment episode, uh, I think 93 the reveal uh one of the one of the women on the island being keyleth's mother oh yeah yeah oh dude yes holy cow talk (laughs) about delayed gratification on that one i know and you if you haven't um uh if you haven't watched have you okay have you not have you not um you haven't seen that scene right no i remember I th- yeah, I, b- I believe um, I had, like, marked a mental note to go back and watch that because, like, even the the secondhand writing of what happened there was, like, so poignant and emotional. Uh, it was Danny Carr 
summarizing and like paraphrasing everything Matt said. But man, I could just see in my mind's eye, like, Matt's probably crying, Marisha's probably crying, everybody's probably crying right now, and I'm just reading this on a stupid little blog post. So I'm gonna, this is, um, we haven't done something like this before, but I actually think it's worth it for, uh, if I send you the thing, for you to to watch the scene real quick, gonna, and we can come back. We're gonna live watch, react the, to this? Uh, not live watch it, uh, but I think you should, I think you should watch it and then we can come back after, after you've watched it and, um, and talk about it because I, I think this scene is just so epic. Let me, uh, I just, uh, I just posted the, in the general thing, I posted a link. It's a couple minutes, it's a couple minutes long, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I think, I think you should go watch it and I think we should, uh, just so you can kind of have that and we can talk about it for a second. Okay, Whoa. you just watched it. What do you think? I mean, I knew. I already knew, but wow, dude. Yeah, just, yeah. Holy cow. I, like, uh, I'm still just, like, reeling about how long he was sitting on that. Like, like that is just, like, it's just mind-boggling. Like, uh, I can't think of any other story that that had, like, a long, like, uh, reveal, like, planned that far in ahead. And it was, like, obviously planned that far in ahead. It's, yeah. that is just mind-boggling. Um, so I enjoy, I enjoy being a player in D&D, mm-hmm. but my passion is really being the DM. Oh, good, because I'm um, about ready to turn that back over to you. <laughs> <laughs> we can... <laughs> um but uh but uh, i just wanted to say that in general because i like like i i dream about setups like that yeah yeah like that is the cornucopia of or just the apex of storytelling in in games like these absolutely and every time i watch it i am both i i feel so many i'm inspired Mm -hmm. i'm terrified (laughs) like it's overwhelming like it uh the reactions i love seeing um i i'm i'm a person that i just enjoy i enjoy watching react videos mm. i enjoy um and so I'll, I'll replay videos like that over and over again just to like those critical role videos i'll re uh, this is weird for me to say but i will replay it nine times to just focus in on each of matt and each of the players mm-hmm. and exactly what their reaction was mm-hmm uh, just cause I enjoy, I enjoy watching it. Wow. And moments like that, like that was just a crazy, it was a crazy moment. Yeah. That is like, there's nothing else that could have elicited that kind of reaction out of a group of people. Like, like, like no, like no movie could ever replicate that. No video game or book could ever replicate anything close to that. I mean, people have done a people have done an awesome job, but sure, like no, Travis's, yeah, no, like not, Travis's, yeah. Travis's involuntary, like yell. Yeah, yeah, that part was amazing. <laughs> Just, like, oh, ah! <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that was. Oh, it was so like 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 that. It was so 
evoked. Like the it wasn't it was not voluntary, obviously. It was very much like raw reaction. Like somebody hitting your knee with a hammer. Like it was a like a a reflex, like an emotional reflex to react like that. Yeah, well, and it's just, it's satisfying that, like, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like, they spent, like you saw, they spent the next several minutes, like, connecting all the dots. Yeah, yeah. And it's a sad, like, it's just satisfying to put all the blocks together. Like, it just, oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, especially, like, especially from my perspective, where, like, that's what I, that's what I strive for. Mm-hmm. And I find that to be, like, the, the, just the, the Mount Olympus of, like, what somebody could ever do mm-hmm. in a game like this. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad you took the time to, to watch that. So that was that was my my favorite serious moment, um, and I think it definitely earned its earned its place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad. Uh, the I hadn't watched this one before, where they actually just somebody in YouTube had gone in and edited it all together from the first time Sam mm-hmm. uh, saw the message in the chat, yeah. um, all the way up to when the discovery was made. Mm-hmm. So I appreciated watching that. That was that was fun to see. Yeah, um, yeah. and I like all the zoom in. Like he was, most of <laughs> yeah. it was just zoomed in on Sam as he was like, you could see the wheels turning in his head. Like, oh yeah, like he was connecting the dots before the episode ended. Like, oh yeah, like, yeah, I get it. Like that, that all checks out. And then Liam kind of got in on it too. <laughs> yeah, I am really glad that Marisha did not see the message. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I definitely, um, I feel like that would have ruined it a little bit mm-hmm. um, yeah. if uh, if she had seen it. Um, but then on the other hand, like in general, when, like, when would it have been, cause here Matt already gave the, like the, my mind sees what Matt did mm-hmm. and I'm like, Oh, it's already too late because if I was Matt, then I would have, uh, I would have given the physical description. And if they didn't understand it, like if they didn't make the connection when I gave the description of the leg, then I would be like, uh, okay. Yeah. And then. Because that's happened before where I've said something that I think like, oh, that's going to set off like, oh, they, they'll make this connection and people don't. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's like maybe she teleports and the party just sees Keyleth on the other side of the portal. Uh-huh. Like, when does she when do they make this discovery? Yeah, that was uh, the part that I really wanted to go back and watch because they do get to see that. And, like, yeah. and Matt describes like this red-haired woman with like the the antler things and she just like covers her mouth and just like yeah like starts hunching over and like starts sobbing like as as the the mom walks through the portal or whatever but like man talk about some like transcendent storytelling there that's a good word for it just there's i don't i can't think of anything that compares to that I said the words and I, and I'm even just this, like watching it again. I'm like, I'm feeling it again of both inspired and terrified. Yeah. Like it just, mm-hmm. it's just, oh man, watching it happen. I'm like, oh my goodness, Matt, <laughs> you set of a gun. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. So, um, so that's my favorite serious moment. My fun moment I said was, was right around the same that they're, they're on this Island still, they're doing their thing mm-hmm. and they're at the top of a volcano and again, I don't remember all the details, but I think they were making offerings or something. Yeah. And this this woman on the island, uh, nobody in the party liked, especially Jester. Mm-hmm. And so, Veth, 
or or not not the brave mm-hmm. who was the that was the name of sam's character uh as the goblin that was the name he had uh, given himself mm-hmm. uh veth was the the name of the halfling um uses the magical glue and he magically glues a penis oh, onto yeah. the s- <laughs> Yeah. And it's like like magical ultra glue that like never yeah. <laughs> that never did, like fades. Basically so. only only a wish spell can get it away. Oh, and wow. for the normal person, nobody almost nobody like no commoner is ever gonna find themselves in a situation where they can use a wish spell. <laughs> Um, that's like winning the lottery. Yeah. Um, and so effectively he has just bound this woman in her hand to the, just this golden penis. (laughs) Uh, And she doesn't, I think she starts to realize it as they're going up the mountain Mm -hmm. and she's embarrassed and she doesn't want to, like everybody's going and giving their offering and she doesn't want to do it because she can't get this penis off her hand. (laughs) (laughs) And she goes up and she tries to throw it in the mountain and she can't. <laughs> and everybody's just everybody's just watching her try yeah. to throw it into the mountain. <laughs> and yeah, she just for and I there's a ch- I want to say that Matt makes some comment about it towards the end of the game as far as like where is she at now? <laughs> um, but oh, I yeah. but I can't I can't remember. Uh, that may have just been a desire of the community to yeah. to get an update. Yeah, um, I can't. Remember but uh, so that was my favorite fun moment because it was just it was just as drawn out because they had to travel up to the mountain. Uh huh. Yeah. And the woman was just slowly understanding what was happening. So all kind of around that same time that that whole thing on the island was yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah, and really amazing. Was. Yeah. Yeah. Have you gotten a chance to kind of think of brainstorm some stuff over on your end? Yeah. Um, the Like the funnest or funniest moment. It's, uh, I can't really, there wasn't one that just like, just like absolutely knocked me off my rocker laughing. But every time Jester and Not would get into mischief or they'd, yeah. they'd always have some shenanigan that they were pulling and like working on. Like that was, it was always so funny because it never worked. Um, the one, the one example that I thought of was very, very early on. I think it was the first like big city that they got to. Jester was trying to please the traveler, her deity that she worshipped, that turned out to not be a deity, like you mentioned. And, like, their their thing was chaos. Like, the trickery domain cleric. She was just constantly pulling pranks with Knot and doing shenanigans and just being not destructive, but really just a nuisance as much mm-hmm. as she could. And so she would, like, draw wieners on everything and just, like do just like she'd leave graffiti everywhere or like tell people to she'd tell like innocent people to go to brothels or just like all kinds of things just to mess with people not to really hurt or cause any harm yeah but she was trying to she was trying to get some brownie points with the traveler and so she goes to this like this really big cathedral 
or like temple or something of some god i don't know i want to say bahamut because that's the one that i know uh i think it was the i was reading recaps of like people's favorite moments today and Mm -hmm. i think it may have been the temple of bahamut yeah and she was like she climbed up on this big huge statue and she was like I don't know, she was, like, drawing wieners on it or something, or she left a message to, like, stop following Bahamut, go follow the Traveler, he's way better. And she gets caught by these, like, by a bunch of, like, really old, like, I remember them being described as, like, really old Catholic priest-looking guys. Yeah. And she, like, so she's, like, trying to get out of there. She tries to talk her way out and fails. And uh, the the old the oldest priest is like, uh, no, uh huh? no, no, come here, you're you're coming with me, <laughs> yeah. and like, and so like they sick the guards on her, and so she like tries to teleport away, uh, and she like tries to run down the hall, but she runs the wrong way or something and gets trapped, <laughs> and so she like, and like I think Not is there also trying to do something like, and they end up like using like all of their resources available to them like an entire adventuring day worth of like spells and like little tricks they can do uh just they blew through everything just to get away and like it was by the skin of their teeth that they didn't get arrested but that was just like a really long drawn out anti-heist to just like get out of there and get out of trouble I remember really enjoying anti heist. That's a good word for it. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of not. They were just hilarious. It kind of reminds me of Sam. What was his? What was his character's name in season one? Scanlan. Um, Scanlan. Mm -hmm. Scanlan when he's in White uh, Whitestone Mm -hmm. in that in that house where he turns into a dinosaur. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a good like. That's just reminded me of like that, just like that long drawn out, <laughs> just escapade. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the the temple was absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, and so that's a that's a good one. I mm-hmm. like it. Um, what was a? Did you have a serious one in mind? Um, well, I liked all of Ford's backstory, and like yeah. finding out his patron was like this big sea monster thing. I really loved. But uh, I think I remember like watching the the recap videos, and then I think I read a little bit of the like that horror dungeon that they went in, where they were fighting like the cult of the chained one or something. Mm. Um, there was a lot of like mind control, like thrall type, um, and it it kind of came into play in like the end game of the story a little bit, I think. As they were like fostering peace between the empire and the the dynasty, the two the oh, okay. two the two nations that were that were at war the whole campaign that they were trying to that they were yeah. kind of going back and forth between the 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 whole like the imagery of that dungeon I remember was like very dark dark Catholic. There was like a lot of like like statues of angels and stuff and uh-huh. uh, like really like grotesque monsters and stuff and it was like really dark and creepy i remember even like i didn't even like watch the whole episode or anything but i remember thinking like oh man that sounds like a really creepy dungeon that they're in and like at the end like kind (laughs) of the the boss fight of that 
was they were they were actually fighting against Yasha. She was she was oh that's under, right. She was under the control of this like this deity or this like pseudo deity that they were that the cult was following. She was under the control of this thing and her race was like this the this fallen angel. And so like the uh the imagery that Matt used was like ah, here's your supposedly your friend uh and she just looks like gothic as heck and her wings look like just nasty like there's chains everywhere and it's just like creepy and skeletons and just like horrifying and then uh they i forget how they knock some sense into her or something and then she like turns coat on the bad guys and just wrecks and just (laughs) freaking annihilates the bad guys i thought that was like a really cool a really cool way to bring Ashley back into the campaign full time and bring Yasha back into the party full time. And certainly uh, in like this epic, epic proportions. Yeah. Just, I mean, that's how they do things, man. It's just, everything's epic. <laughs> yeah. But I think that was my favorite. And Molly Mock's death, actually. Molly Mock's death was actually another favorite moment of mine. It was a cool moment. I, it was a, it was a moment they kept on giving because yeah. they kept, they, you know, they were, that was 26 episodes in, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which doesn't seem like a lot, but that is six, seven months in yeah, to the campaign. That's, and yeah, yeah. so that's a, like that, they've already spent a huge amount of time with this character. Yeah. Out of game. And in yeah, game, out it, of game. it was only like two months or something, like a month yeah. or something in game, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, but throughout the rest of the campaign, like continuing to return to like that scene, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I felt bad for what was her uh, Ashley Birch was that her name, um, the guest that was there um, at the time of the. Hang on, I still have it pulled up here. Mm, yeah, Ashley Birch, Keg. She was yes. uh, she was a guest that was on the show. Yes. The episode that Molly Mock died. Yeah. Oh um, yeah yeah yeah, and she was like. She was part of that. Yeah, I remember now. I remember now. I loved yeah. her actually. I thought she was she, she was, was amazing. A, like I'm, a fantastic player. Um, I felt uh, I felt bad for her because yeah. kind of similar to like there are some crazy people in the world and she got a crazy amount of random harassment from not possibly mentally stable people <laughs> about like that were just blaming her. Uh, oh yeah, in real life, you're like, saying? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was strange. Yeah. Um, Some people suck. and yeah, it didn't help that um, Ashley's husband. What, what was what's his name? Brian Foster. Brian W. Foster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brian Foster. Every time he would talk to her, like he would just bring up like, so "How's that going? Like, how does it how does it feel killing uh, yeah. Molly Moxingly?" <laughs> <laughs> Um, and you could just see the pain in her eyes. She's like, yeah. "Oh, it's it's great. Oh, it I love it." <laughs> um, but uh, that was a good one. And obviously, with the whole Molly Mac Molly Mock coming back, like that moment stayed with the group the entirety of the campaign moving forward. So, I loved it. I wanted to mention um, if there's any like 
um, any moments that you had that you wanted to bring up just before we go on to season three. The couple that I had written down, again with Yasha, uh, there's a scene. I am assuming that it it was it's around the part that you were just watching. Uh, you were reading recap videos or uh, recaps in general, mm-hmm. but at one point Caleb decides or or comes to the conclusion that he needs a shave mm-hmm. and the only oh, blade yeah. <laughs> the yeah. only blade they have is yasha's greatsword yeah. and so yasha's just kneeling over him just <laughs> two-handing the blade of a greatsword <laughs> which the imagery of that yeah is and like like you gotta you gotta like describe yasha a little more like uh, if you like, I don't listen to this band, but they kept referencing this band called Guar, and it's like mm, I haven't no, and it's like uh, a Swedish like black metal band. Like, think of like the most gothic thing you could think of, and then multiply that by a hundred. Yeah, just like yeah. the most terrifying real life thing you could imagine and she's just like yeah like just kneeling on top of him with a two-handed greatsword just like shaving his face at his neck the nature of it is there's a two-handed greatsword at his neck Uh and liam was a freaking champion playing into it too and he's like he was i fully accept what happens (laughs) i accept the consequences of my action yeah and the nature of it um oh Sorry, out of out of recording, I'm really sad because I'm I don't know what the background noise is, but I'm looking at my recording and I'm seeing background noise all over the place, mm. and I'm just sad for the I'm sad for the foreseeable post edit. Dang it! Um, yeah, um, but uh, yeah, just like she she could just let go of the greatsword, and yeah. even that would just be terrible. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and he he plays because his character is like this very def- meant like emotionally defeated character and so it just yeah none of them were really like none of them were really like happy people except jester all of them were like really messed up which was like it was awesome to see how all of all of the like like i said before like they were all just super well written and like there was a lot of thought that went into them and every single one of them had like really like real feeling trauma in their backstory um yeah like it was There's it's a, hard to say whose is the most effed up because like there was a lot of them that was just super jacked up yeah and like caleb's caleb's backstory was a slow burn mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. as you learn more and more of it mm-hmm. um eventually like his his didn't really conclude until the very end as well because right. he had like he and matt prepped the because uh, because uh, Caleb wanted to go back it literally go back in time mm-hmm. to fix his mistake yeah and he had pla- like he had planned out like in writing as a player mm-hmm. what he was gonna do and Matt had prepped for that to happen and Caleb Caleb didn't let that go until literally the end of the campaign yeah, um, yeah. when he uh, when he allowed the the knowledge to be burned um, Bo's stuff was a really mm-hmm. slow burn yeah. Um, did you get to watch uh, when uh, when Jester the reveal of the gentleman being Jester's dad? Yes, I was listening at that point. Yeah, yeah, I, that was uh, a, that was just another good one for yeah. the same reason. Yeah, yeah, like she had um, been working so close to this person that she had been looking for for so long. 
just yeah and that was one that matt really got to like none of the players had had seen it matt just got to let reveal that one himself Mm -hmm. he got Mm -hmm. to have full control over that one yeah so that was just really cool Mm -hmm. the uh um just have to mention it pumat soul amazing yes yeah i was gonna bring up pumat soul like such a good character man him and caduceus were so good yeah the the two of them just ugh. yeah so good yeah i speaking of caduceus i can't i was trying to look up the actual line that i'm thinking of but like another hilarious moment was um somebody asked a question to the group an npc asked a question to the group like an open-ended but like but like pointed question and it was like a serious moment i was like what do you guys like how can you guys do this like what what makes you think that this is okay this thing that you've done and like there's like a short pause and i think like bo and maybe ford like start to defend themselves a little bit and then like after they're done defending themselves caduceus is like well i mean it wasn't that big of a deal like it just like so <laughs> long after the whole thing and it just like it just killed me and i wish i could remember exactly what it was <laughs> But it was like a kind of a serious moment. And then Caduceus was just like, well, I mean, it wasn't like, I mean, you just like do it or something. Just a delayed <laughs> like, response. Yeah, it, yeah. It was so good. It was hilarious. It just really showed, it really showed like Taliesin's, like Taliesin's different style of comedy, but just as Taliesin's good. role playing in comedy is like different and so, and like mm-hmm. deep. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I think that Taliesin writes the the best characters. Uh, Percy, Molly Mock, and uh, Caduceus have yeah. were just all uh, just so intriguing to me. Yeah. Now, Kiri. All oh, of Kiri. Oh, Kiri. I forgot about Kiri. Yeah. Yeah, that was like... She was like one liability in like a string of liabilities that they just kept <laughs> yeah. taking on and taking on there was yeah. like there was, wasn't there another kid that they like pseudo adopted didn't yeah, they adopt they, like a they adopted, girl or something yeah because i think they're in some town and the kids are like staying by themselves because their parents are in jail yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um and then they end up resolving that all in one mm-hmm. because when they save the parents of those kids they also tell the parents like hey like we kind of saved you. You have to take this uh, thing now. You, you have to take this bird. <laughs> yeah, this bird person that doesn't talk. She yeah. can only mimic voices. <laughs> You're about to have the most annoying 10 years of your life. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, but all of Kiri, yeah. um, I, I would have loved to. I know there was a lot of stuff going on at the end of the campaign. They were trying to wrap things up. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to have seen some something Kiri related yeah. towards the end of the season. Yeah, um, but there were so many there were so many things to do. Yeah, I had I had thought um, that too. Like I want to see what Kiri's doing. Also, yeah, yeah, exactly. There was like you said, there was just, there were so many cogs turning in that machine that uh, I I think campaign two got like so big really quick uh that it was like hard for matt to manage at, at some point <laughs> well yeah and this they had the they had that break for so long mm-hmm. 
and like some of that stuff in the beginning like they're trying to still connect back to and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's hard so um i want to um i want to get on to season three as soon as possible is there but is there anything uh, is there anything else that you have that you you don't want to leave without saying i don't think so um i do i will say that um my overall experience of campaign two was lesser than campaign one because of the quickened and um shortened uh manner in which i partook but that being said um it really has just set me up to enjoy campaign three uh in ways that I that I haven't ever that I haven't ever like enjoyed Critical Role, uh, it feels having moving on to Campaign Three now. It's like being caught up, with the exception of tonight. I'm still not going to let that go. <laughs> like hey, it man, feels you were the one you were the one that made the availability. <laughs> I know, I know, it's my own stupid fault. <laughs> it feels so like cool. That I'm like finally caught up to this thing that I've been. I feel like I've just been catching up on for forever, and now I'm finally caught up. I'm like one of the cool kids now. I'm like I know everything, and it's like especially cool when I tune in on Thursday nights, thinking that these people that I love, except for they're not actually playing on Thursday nights. They pre-record everything still, don't they? Yeah, they they uh, they still pre-record, but we can. Oh, we I, can I mean, I can pretend. I pretend that they're yeah. uh, you know, two states over, actually playing. And I can together. and I can totally respect that live streaming every Thursday night with how busy they are mm. was just a unsustainable yeah, mental thing. Absolutely. Yeah, it feels it feels like an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a weird ex- exclusivity thing, but it does feel cool. That- like the barrier of entry, depending on how far, like they make it more accessible if you want to read like the recaps and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, the the recap videos and all that. But once you get through all that and and you've you watched, I think you watched more than you didn't watch. Yeah, counting uh, between, campaign one and two. Yeah, yeah, uh, count, yeah, yeah. I for sure watched more than I didn't. So getting getting past all that and then being caught up, like you do, feel like yeah, like I've earned. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely I do. That's part of the cool part is like I did. I started at the beginning and where I could have in fact I remember texting you like when I started listening to Critical Role. I said I was like kind of on the fence like uh I'll maybe I'll just start with campaign 2 and like try to catch up to where they are. But then I decided because Joe Manganiello was in the first campaign, I would start with the first <laughs> one and then go all the way through. And, An uh, interesting excuse, but hey, it works out. <laughs> yeah, because really, it was Joe's interview that I saw on YouTube forever ago that got me into Critical Role, that got me to yeah. want to watch it. So that was the whole reason I even started. But because you were perfectly content watching your drunk, drunken, drunks and, drunken drunks dragons. And dragons. Yeah, I was. Drunks yeah, and I was, dragons. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was trying to get you into Critical Role for the longest time, and you're like, yeah. nope, I got my, I got yeah. my thing. Which there's no problem with that. There's a, there's a, oh, there's yeah, an audience. Sure. There's there's communities out there for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Not everybody likes Critical Role, and that's why there's so many others out there. And yeah. mm-hmm. um, I think just personally, like I haven't gotten into a ton of them, and I think that's more of a time thing than anything else. Right, right. But if I was, I mean, if I was younger, you know, I, I'm thinking of all the the different content that I found when I was in middle school or something. 
and I still watch those same people just because that's who I found. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not really in a place that I can go about just finding new creators all the time, yeah. like I used to be able to. Yeah. But if I was that age, like, there's so much that I would just love keeping track of and, like, all the different personalities out there. So, mm-hmm. anyways, there's a ton of stuff out there. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. Joe Manganiello is an awesome guy. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. He and Travis are my boyfriends. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> but, yeah, like, that's finishing campaign two and, like, rushing through it even. Like, it's, it's really set me up to just, like, f- I feel like fully like absolutely fully enjoy campaign three and i am it's fantastic already i love imogen and uh and dorian which that's a cool that was a like a really cool thing i thought that uh the little side story that you and i didn't really care to watch was like brought into this immediately and so both of us were like jumped and like watched it (laughs) as soon as we could yeah i think i was telling you like nothing can make me watch exandria yeah yeah and i agree with you i was like yeah i don't really care about it and then season three starts and i was like gosh dang crap yeah so i i had a note on here um robbie especially i haven't finished i haven't finished episode four Mm -hmm. yet Mm -hmm. robbie might me be my favorite player right now He's so good, right? I he's love so Robbie. Good. In episode four, he's like he's been he was killing it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So did you see the part where Dorian picks up Laudna and they like fly to the roof? Um, I don't know if I've gotten to that part yet. Uh, I think that was in episode three. Uh, oh, maybe maybe I missed it. I you know uh, I know my, you don't like, like my fully inability it. to yeah, no, yeah my inability to I just fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Same. Same. Yeah. Um, but I'll have to I'll have to go back and watch that, especially mm-hmm. if it's something to note for for Dorian's uh, for Dorian. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's not like it's not a serious moment. It's just hilarious. Um, so Laudna yeah. is like, well, let's so let's go through the cast and characters real quick before we before I start. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, do you have them up? Do you want to go through them? Or, uh, I can, um, yeah, I I'll rattle them off off the top of my head. Uh, so you got Dorian Storm. Played by Robbie Damon, uh, who mm-hmm. I actually knew before he appeared uh, as the voice of Prompto Argentum in Final Fantasy XV. Of uh, course. Nod to my favorite game of, of all time. Of freaking course he did. Of course. He's awesome. Um, <laughs> he did a fantastic job in that game. Like I still think you should play through the at least the story of that game. It's amazing. It's, it's Final Fantasy XV, you said? Yeah. Outside of such like, a, Critical such Role. Such a long game. Outside of Critical Role is my favorite story that I've ever consumed. Jeez. Um, true story. Um, Why can't the favorite story you consume be like a nice like 20-hour like side-scroller game? Why can't that be the case, Brian? I just have a higher... I have a more refined palette <laughs> for Okay, okay. For All right, moving on. <laughs> um, so you got Robbie. Robbie plays Dorian Storm. He's a... Air Genasi Bard, awesome character. I love him. And then next to him is Marisha playing Ladna, the mm-hmm. unknown race warlock. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> She's uh, think like think um, like voodoo gothic, like real creepy, stringy long hair, 
like gray skin, all black eyes, just real terrifying. Just just terrifying. Apparently she is a hollow one. That's her race. Oh, okay. Yeah, that came out with the reborn and the dampier. Possibly, yeah, possibly. I um, I hadn't heard the word before. I haven't okay. uh, done the best job at keeping track of some of the new stuff. No, I think that's an unearthed arcana race. Gotcha. If I remember right, because I don't think it came out in Tasha's. Anyway, um, and it could be like Matt's. Matt's, you know, Matt is Matt happily throws um, homebrew stuff in that oh, he, yeah. him and the, him and the players do. Yeah, he writes a lot of it too, and the they. They use his homebrew stuff, like uh, Travis's Paladin subclass in Campaign Two was homebrew. Um, yeah. Molly Mock's whole class was the Bloodhunter class that uh, Matt wrote. Per- yeah, that's in D and D Beyond now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all it of, has its all own of, little like. Yeah. There's a little line, and then there's like the Bloodhunter is yeah. in its own little section on the yeah, classes yeah. in D and D Beyond. All of the subclasses from Campaign One and Two are on D and D Beyond. Yeah, and then. So we, we got Sam Regal playing Fresh Cut Grass. <laughs> it's oh the name goodness. of this little Warforged cleric, uh, which I'm Real convinced... quick, that scene where he's he's talking about his, fr- like, the other... Be- oh, like yeah, the other let's talk about beast. it. Let's talk about it right now, because it, like, already funniest moment in the campaign. Just, yeah. Yeah. like... Like, I about fell out of my chair laughing. It was... I, <laughs> and, like, watching... I was crying, oh, this yeah. was like This was, like, the first moment of me, like, just, like, pure, like, absorbing all of the goodness yeah. of, like... Because I haven't watched any episodes. I've only mm-hmm. listened to the podcast. But, yeah. like, this was the first episode of Campaign 3, and I'm watching it li- live. Quote, unquote, live. Yeah. And I just watched, like, the waves of hilarity just like washing through oh, Travis yeah. and uh Marisha and and uh and Lauren everybody just cracking up like over and over again about it and like coming back in a character and then like cracking out a character again just hilarious uh, so fresh cut grass is a warforged which is like a rope it's like a fantasy robot f- class in D&D and he's a cleric um, and so, which I think his subclass is a special homebrew class, but I can't confirm. Yeah, so it. he's an automat. He's an automaton. Automaton. That's a automaton. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah um, automaton. Uh, they may have. Whatever. Yeah. So he's talking about how he got his name, and I'll let you go ahead and say the rest of it since you brought it up. Yeah. Well, that's that's cheating. Um, but uh, he his name is obviously very peculiar, and when they. You know me, like I halfway through episode one, and I'm already like starting to do something while I'm listening to it, and so yeah. I look over at the screen and I see FCC on like the little banner of his character. I'm like, what the heck is that? So yeah. I back, I back up, you know, thirty seconds to, for him to say his name. <laughs> his name is Fresh Cut Grass. Yeah, like Sam, <laughs> you. And so later in the episode, he's talking about it. He, uh, I'm not. <laughs> I don't feel comfortable saying the word <laughs> on the. On the podcast, I'm just I'm just gonna accept the place I'm in. Um, but his, people ask him like, what it, it comes up like the names of his other um, automatons that were built with him, mm-hmm. and he just starts going through just like the randomest of of names, and it's really like all I can do is just recommend that you go watch the scene. I'll um, say it. I'll, I'll say uh, it if you don't, because I think it's okay. Hilarious. All right, yeah, you go you go through it then. <laughs> So he he explains that his creator named all of 
their creations um, after their favorite smells. And so there's there's fresh cut grass, there's oatmeal, and then <laughs> he says so he says like six names and there's then like he, a bunch. he and then the last one is he says pussy <laughs> and then <laughs> like everybody like double takes <laughs> and then like Travis breaks Marisha breaks everybody's just cracking up I'm like falling off my chair laughing everybody is just roaring in laughter and Matt is just like like dying shaking his head just like hands like hands completely in his or face completely in his hands just beside himself and it, like it was just the best moment like and oh it was uh, just talking about it just it gets me giggling man it's so freaking funny because he says it so nonchalantly too just like rolls right well right that was the it. whole thing yeah yeah oh man and i think he may have even said like one or, or something after it like yeah. it was just he just put it in there yeah and I'm so oh, Sam is a genius, <laughs> comedic genius. Just comedy gold, right there. That's why he has an Emmy. I think I do. I, I'm going to combat you on f- if that's the funniest scene or not. Uh, but the the one that I have is just stupid, and and I laughed about it way too hard for way too long. Mm. But yeah, so so we're not even we're not even done going through the cast. Um, so that was, so you, you've got, uh, you've got Robbie, Marisha and Sam Mm -hmm. so far. Mm -hmm. And then let's see, bottom left is Ashley. Ashley's playing Fern from EXU and I love Fern. Uh, I love how sweet and horrible she is. Uh, (laughs) she's like always stealing things, but she's just, she's just so very sweet and she just, she likes everybody, and she wants everybody to be happy, but she steals everything. Uh, and she is not afraid of committing crimes, and it's it's such a good combination. And, she, and she's generally, like, super weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just off the wall. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll give this description, and, and you can think of somebody that maybe this relates to, but just the person that you interact, like, you speak to, and within several seconds, they just make you severely uncomfortable <laughs> with the questions that they ask. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like and way they are too totally personal. okay with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, the immediately way too personal, and they're being completely nonchalant about it. Yeah. And that's Fern. Yeah, definitely. Good. Yeah, very good description. And then... We got Liam. Oh, Liam's playing Orem, also from EXU. In the runnings for my favorite character. Um, he's a halfling fighter, which is the second to smallest race in the game. He stands at a three foot three, but he's like the meat shield for the party. He's always on the front line. He's always trying to protect everybody in the party. And I love yeah. it. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. And he's just like he comes from Keyleth's like tribe of people, and he's just real empathetic and caring, and also arguably the least uh, traumatized character that Liam has played. Oh yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was actually hoping for Liam to play someone like a lot more upbeat, and Orm's not upbeat, but he's but definitely he's not. not. <laughs> he's not downbeat. He's not. It's, he's it's not uh, compared scarred. to. <laughs> Compared to Vax and Caleb, he Orem is considered upbeat. You could say, yeah. 
Yeah, I think like you know he he plays a certain type of character, and certainly when he gets the choice, I I I was going to be very surprised if he just walked in with a character like something like Sam has done in the past. Yeah, I really wanted him to play just, something close to Jester or something, just like yeah, off like way out there, but just just way off. Yeah, um, yeah, it was going to be very surprising to mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Talison. Talison plays Ashton, which I love Ashton like. Every other word he says is the F word, but I <laughs> yeah. but I love him anyway. He's a what, he's a Earth Genasi barbarian. Um, yeah, so I will like bet that. also there's that his there's some homebrew stuff. In yeah, there. his subclass is homebrew, and I'm super stoked for that to drop on D and D Beyond because yeah, it's his like stuff really, and um, Sam's stuff. Yeah. I'm excited to see that homebrew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, just they've only been in like two three combats but yeah. the few times that they've been in combat ashton's ashton's stuff has been like mechanically f- awesome like way cooler than anybody else's for sure um, i like the um sorry i just have to mention i'm i have the wiki pulled up mm-hmm. you know it's just uh critical role season three and it says the running time is between one to four hours it's quite a <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's exactly <laughs> variety of duration right yeah but uh, but anyways we have we have one more person we have travis we got two more people because we didn't talk about laura oh yeah we didn't we yeah we didn't talk we we mentioned the name but we didn't talk about it mm-hmm. so we have laura and we have travis yeah so travis's character it was actually from the searching for grog one shot uh bertrand bell uh, and he's like this super old uh human fighter and I really like him. His scene with Dorian, uh, right before he gets offed. Yeah. Uh, that was a really cool scene, I thought, between him and Dorian. Bertrand was one of my favorite. Like, Bertrand Hat was number one. Really? As far as my favorite character. Like, every iter- every time Travis talks as Bertrand. Yeah. And his whole interaction when he's in the bar and he's trying to be, like, sleuth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, I'm, I'm in character. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Like it was so, it was so good. He does. Travis just pulled that off so well. Just the old, like the old dementia, like dude. Ah, it was so good. And the time when Orem like knocked on his door in the hotel <laughs> like yeah. they're like talking, and like it's just Bertrand's face like poking out the crack of the door, <laughs> and like Orem starts talking, and then Travis just like closes his eyes and like drops his head a little bit, and then like Orem like stops talking, <laughs> and then and then he's like, "Hey, hey, wake up! What? Yes, um, yes, all right, yes, all right, yeah, just perfect. Well said, well said. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly. Oh my goodness." Yeah, just I love it. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Bertrand was—he's actually tied for my favorite character. Yeah, my actual favorite character is Laura. Uh, her character is her character's name is Imogen, and she's a human sorcerer. And I think she has a homebrew sorcerer subclass because it doesn't quite oh, yeah. match anything that's been published. It's close to the aberrant mind. With like the psionic, like psychic powers, but yeah. she she's doing stuff that the aberrant mind can't do. I don't think. Dude, I love I love the critical role wiki. Sorry, I'm just clicking on. I'm cheating. 
Wow. Whenever somebody says, here's me, uh, correct, Brian, it's because I'm literally looking at the page. I'm going off, um, like, my, the top of you my know, head. You're, okay. You are raw, raw, just, uh, what's it called? Real. Uh, recollection. Yeah. Memory. Recall. Yeah. Um, recall. Uh, open mind is the is the homebrewed ability, mm. if, uh, if that's the one that you mentioned. Yes. She um, can just, like, read thoughts, like, in a room. Yeah. I, yeah, I love it. She's just like this real timid, like, southern gal. She's got that southern drawl that's just, for some reason, really attractive to me. And she's got, like, anime pink hair, which I, I've been asking Maddie to dye her hair pink for years. <laughs> um, and uh, she got some pink highlights a while back, and that was really special. Anyway, off yeah, topic. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, she's just like this real timid, but like super passive aggressive, um, like southern, deep southern lady. She's like really polite and timid at first, but then like the second you make her mad, she like, she gets like super passive aggressive and like makes these offhand comments and I love it. <laughs> The, the scene with her and Bertrand while they were searching for that person in the in the tavern do you remember that the uh, one more t- one more time so they're they're chasing that uh, halfling lady I believe yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. they, they uh, track like, her. that's when like Bertrand's doing his whole thing yeah 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 the in character thing yeah yeah they they track her to this tavern and uh they like go in and they see her at this booth, but then she's like gone from the booth in the tavern, and yeah. uh, they're like, Bertrand's like, "Well, let's just go like pretend we're sitting down, and uh, if she's invisible, oh, maybe she'll go." You are, <laughs> and like that she, little. You are. Noise. You're. <laughs> you're about to. You're. I think you're about to quote my my funniest moment. Um. Like, Laura, like, she tries to talk, she says, like, two words, and then just, like, her face hits the desk, because she's laughing so hard at Travis's little noise that he does. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It was so good, and I love whenever, like, Travis and Laura interact, because I love them. Yeah, and they're, uh, for for somebody that, uh, they're married, out of game, Mm -hmm. um, and they have a kid. One or two? Do they have more than one? At least one. I only know of the one. Um, yeah, so they're uh, so they're married, and so their interactions are always just, like, it's just fun to watch them. Yeah. But, yeah, just, like, them, <laughs> like, I love it when Travis makes Laura laugh, and she laughed so hard at this. It took her quite a minute to get back into character. But uh, then I, this might be the thing <laughs> that you're yeah. talking about. They, she's like, her uh, counter proposal is like, okay, we'll like walk over there and we'll just like swing our arms real wide when we walk over there. Yeah, because the, they're thinking that maybe she's invisible, mm-hmm. the woman that they're going after. Yeah, yeah. And the way that she's the way that she said it, you have to again, we can't describe it to you. Yeah, you, you have to just go gotta it. go watch it because um, it wasn't what she said it was the it was how mm-hmm. how she got it across because yeah, it was yeah. so stupid <laughs> and she understood it and it was just funny because yeah. she had such a hard time getting it out yeah because she's still Cause trying she to tried... like collect herself after travis made her laugh so yeah. hard because i think a combination of like she knows what she's about to say 
mm-hmm. and Travis <laughs> just did this thing. So she fails once, mm-hmm. and then she tries again, and then she fails again. <laughs> And then she, for the third time, she, like, is laughing, but she pushes through it. Uh-huh. And and Bertrand's like, well, maybe we'll just, like, sit down and we'll, like, do this thing. And, and Laura's like, well, well, when we go over there, maybe we can swing our And she says it in this weird, because sw- she's, like, trying not to laugh. Yeah. Swing our arms a yeah. bit. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and I, I, like, the situation was perfect for me. I was, I was standing in my just at my kitchen counter uh-huh. eating. I think I was eating food and I had just, um, the day prior, I had just done a, a really big core workout. Mm-hmm. So my stomach hurts. Yeah. And I have like my, it was a whole 10 minute. Cause I, I kept re you know, my personality, I kept re rewinding it <laughs> and I kept watching it. My jaw hurt. I couldn't stop like just wide open, just gasping for air <laughs> laughing. My stomach hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... that whole thing that so that was my favorite that was my favorite moment so mm-hmm. far <laughs> i freaked out i couldn't breathe after that <laughs> yeah it was it was so good just classic so the story uh the story so far i mean first off i mean how do you f- i mean how do you feel about it i mean is it are you following it? Uh, like, mm-hmm. are, are you having an easy time following it? Are you liking it so far? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, like, super excited uh, about it. I'm really excited about this city they're in. It's a really interesting city with, like, the, the different spires that they go to and, like, the different areas of the city. It feels like, in contrast to the first two campaigns, this city feels a lot more lived in Mm. to me um, because of the variety of locales within the city. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And the, the already they've met like two or three different like factions and like heard of at least one or two more other like factions within the city. And Ashton's backstory has played into some of that. Uh, Bertrand's backstory played into some of it. So, if you, um, because again, you've you've been paying more like attentive attention mm-hmm. to the episodes. Do you recall any mention of them even talking about anything outside of the city yet, or has it all been confined? Confined isn't really even the right word, but but just enclosed within the big city mm-hmm. as far as all of their discussions and and their plots and their objectives. Um, well, Imogen and Laudna are from outside of the city. Laudna is actually from Whitestone, which okay. has like so that, huge yeah. implications I'm, for her class and I'm subclass. super excited because yeah. she's like an undead-ish type like race, and her warlock subclass is this undead type thing. Uh, and I mean, Campaign One, some of the biggest villains of campaign one were undead people from Whitestone. Uh, so that has like massive implications to be connected back to campaign one. It was hilarious to watch, which I'm um, super excited for when they, uh, when they were talking about Whitestone and the, uh, like the first opportunity that came that one of the players could ask her about it. Mm -hmm. I, I was just watching this like mental and almost like battle of eyes 
of like Matt and the players kept giving looks to each other as they as they were asking questions of like <laughs> they were asking quite like the mental battle of like is this question realistic to ask yeah and how yeah, many yeah, of the, like yeah. b- like how long does it go until these are just straight like there's no reasons that the character would be interested enough mm-hmm. and yeah. it's now it's just like meta questions that the players want to know because yeah. they want they want to know they, they want to know the and, lore yeah, yeah so I they think like sam was you like watch the biggest them. culprit of that oh yeah and so you you just like when you watch the scene they like ask a question and then you see them like they're like kind of side eyeing Matt mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to see his reaction to it. Yeah, I remember that very clearly. Also, um, I I loved it because it's like, again, as the DM, like I know very clearly, like that, like, <laughs> like I I always like players always want to know more info, yeah. and I never want to give it to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, definitely. A, another another fantastic scene, and I'm super pumped to see like how that unfolds. And like mm-hmm. the little bits of info that we get over time, yeah. I, I want to know more. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, I'm I'm enjoying the story a lot. I think it is like so. I think season one, we weren't we weren't with Vox Machina in the beginning. Right. They had already been playing as a group, mm-hmm. and their story had been going for a year at the minimum, mm-hmm. maybe more than a year. So we were catching them in the middle. Um, season two was more of a like tavern and then you meet a person and they Mm -hmm. give you some tasks and then you go to bigger and bigger things yeah um and this one is definitely like i don't know it in a way it kind of gives me comfort Mm -hmm. because it does seem much more like a well in some ways stereotypical and in some ways not because they do you know they kind of basically met in a tavern Mm -hmm. and then um, with Bertrand, yes. with Bertrand Bell, and that first fight, mm-hmm. they did kind of just kind of get thrown together, mm-hmm. and then Bertrand's like, "Hey, uh, I have work for you. Come with me." Yeah, I thought that was a really cool way to meet up because they it was kind of like an alignment of stars, like these destinies just kind of like literally crossed the street at the same time as this event yeah. happened, and like they just got kind of pulled in by by bertrand i thought that was a really cool a cool thing and it also you know i always i'm always so stressed as like the dm of like when getting characters to meet and like how do i get them to to care for each other Mm -hmm. and that was also a reminder to me that like players can also be very (laughs) like the players obviously they did a lot to like progress Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the willingness to stay with each other yeah yeah Obviously, it's really cool with, um, you know, in these in these last in season two or three, since we got to see it from the beginning, um, watching the different uh, like Laura and Marisha's characters mm-hmm. knew each other beforehand. Yeah. Um, Sam and Talison's characters knew each other beforehand. Mm-hmm. And then what was it? The other three? Yeah. Um, Robbie, the, the EXU Robbie characters. Liam and Ashley's characters. Yeah, they all knew each other because they came from EXU. Um, so that's just, mm-hmm. that was really cool as well. Cause there's already, we got to see that a little bit with Caleb's and, um, with Caleb and, Caleb and not. not the brave, mm-hmm. yeah. um, in season two. And that was always, that was always such a cool thing. Cause there was the relationship development in the group, but then there was also this already kind of developed thing that you got to see. Yeah. And now with this one, like it's present everywhere. Yeah. There's a lot more um, of it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like. I I'm already 
I'm I already like this group better than the Mighty Nine mm. at that point because it was like Caleb and Not were like always kind of scheming to get away uh, at the first opportune moment. Yeah, and like there was several conversate like side conversations. There was like, well, I don't know you anything. I think Bo was a big a big problem in that area too. Like, well, I don't owe you anything. Maybe I'll just leave. Um, yeah. Which is like compelling storytelling, uh, like the, the inner group struggle, but like for a D and D game, it's not very fun if your if your characters aren't getting along. And as a, as a player in your campaign, like my character didn't get along with, uh, Tanner's first character. And I was like, why am I doing that though? Like that's that's not fun. Like it's not very fun to not get along. And so, I like I had issues with them at the at the beginning. It's definitely a fine line of, like, like you want it to be dynamic and you want mm-hmm. the option of you know like Sam left the like Sam let his character in season one leave the campaign yeah. for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's such a fine line, and you want to make sure like you're not taking the fun away or. Mm-hmm like lording this like oh i'm just gonna have my character leave right um right or something like that and so they you know they made it they made it they made it work and obviously at the in the end it made it nice to kind of think back on that like oh it seemed ready to break at a moment's notice yeah but the mighty you know the mighty nine ended up going and doing this cool thing Mm -hmm. but yes it was hard to there were some episodes where it was just hard to watch because you're just like 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 yeah, it was just kind of a headache to watch yeah. some episodes. Yeah, and I mean, I knew like they wouldn't break up because I was like, I knew that I was watching a game of D and D, and they were all best friends in real life, so I knew that it wasn't gonna come to that. It was just, it was just a little like clunky and awkward. I thought, and this the new group they haven't named themselves yet, but this the new group um, I think is bypassing a lot of that, which I like. I like a lot. Well, I think um, the the way their characters were set up, and I think everything is just lending itself to like Bertrand Bell was trying to was initially like offering them whether or not he was being truthful about his connections mm-hmm. was offering uh, Laudna and Imogen, you know, a kind of access to the thing that they wanted, which was a connection to I think the college or or something like that. Um, yeah, and there were different things like that where there was an immediate like, hey, th- look at all these reasons that we have we value each other mm-hmm. and then now like so quickly like they've already signed a contract and they've already kind of signed like an employment mm-hmm. thing with this uh with this orc yeah and so you know a couple of episodes in and they're already kind of a group doing their doing their thing um and they're kind of ready and rearing to go yeah and so that's just kind of fun to watch but it's it's always nice for me to um it's stressful for me to to start to start campaigns like that and so it's always it's always good to watch how somebody else starts a campaign off. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and how the players lend themselves to it and what the DM does and, and the different situations and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and that, yes, it's okay. It's okay to do as far as situationally, it's okay to do the tavern uh, yeah. or somebody offers you employment. Mm-hmm. And Matt did that. He just, there was a couple, there was like maybe just like one or two things that yeah. made it unique. Yeah. But because of those things, it, it really did feel unique. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And Yeah. Like you said, um, the tropes were there pretty obviously, but uh, the they were led 
there. You got to see like a little bit of the before they got to the tavern, which I think was really the only real like unique thing was that you got to see like a little bit of their their life before the tavern. And then they just when they got to the tavern, the thing happened and then they went to their to their employer. Yeah. So I thought it was good. I really one of the only things I had was just that Laura's whole like well, like we'll swing our arms around <laughs> thing. We're only a couple episodes in. I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah, I'm loving it. I'm loving all the characters. And this is I think this is the first time where um I have like genuinely loved all of the characters. Uh as I Oh yeah, before, so I wanted to mention I hated Bo. So and I didn't love <laughs> I didn't love some of the other characters from Vox Machina, but I love every yeah. character here. So Bertram Bell's dead. Um Rip. I'm very rip. sad about that, but I th- I kind of <laughs> knew it was going to happen. It seemed it seemed very much like like he was a placeholder character for Travis before his real character came in. Yeah, like well, whatever the situation was, he wanted like him and Matt were on the same page that that mm-hmm. character was going to die. Yeah. Whatever the reason was for it, mm-hmm. it definitely seemed like Matt was like uh um I've done this with some with some players before where they're like I want my character to do this. I'm like, "Okay." And so like in the middle of the session I'm like, "Hey, if you would still like your character to die, go ahead and take a walk in the alley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and it's it seemed very much like uh, like Bertrand Bell wanted to go take a walk mm-hmm. so that he could die. Yeah, that's what it, that that's the vibe I got. Yeah, I agree. But I didn't have any problem with it. I I kind of got the feeling that uh, Travis's character, the one that he really wants to play is like connected to somebody else that they wouldn't meet for the first little bit. I actually like a, suspect... like a like a little later. Oh, yeah. do you have a do you have a suspicion already? Yeah, I suspect that uh Travis's new character is somebody involved in Ashton's past cuz Ashton had a bunch of NPCs oh. thrown in his direction. Like a lot of connections he knew. So I was actually waiting the last week for them to go meet one of these people that Ashton knew and then Travis to come back on and start describing his character. And that never happened. So for now, Bertrand's dead. Yeah. Rip. My favorite character right now is Laudna. Yeah. Ah, yeah. See, I love Laudna. I really do. And it feels good to love a character that Marissa plays, really. Yeah, uh, like she's just doing, um, yeah. like she, uh, like the like she's been she's played the characters that she intended to play the way that she intended to play them in the last ones, but they were edgy for different reasons. Yeah, Law does edgy in like such a satisfying way though this time, in a comedic way, in a comedic yeah, in yeah. a comedic way, not not like. like like a uncomfortable <laughs> right right it's like a a caricature of a of an edge lord in a funny way and i'm, I'm yeah. digging it a lot like that um, scene i was telling I'm you about s- with uh, dorian and ladna dorian yeah. picks up ladna and they fly up to the top of this roof and she's like this really spindly like malnourished like lanky bony figure and uh she says she like skitters up into his arms, and Dorian goes like, like, <laughs> like, it offends Ladna a little bit, and it's just, it was so it was such a funny like little tiny interaction. It was so good. Yeah, 
But yeah, um, I so really I'm super excited for that. I think it's amazing. It seems like in and she like found um, she was on uh, this. This may have been when she was on the roof, but she found like this box or this pouch. Oh, that yeah, was just completely yeah. covered in bird poop and, and yeah. just feces and all that. And like, mold and what did she do? Like she licked it. it. Yeah, it was like, like she like super moldy immediately. Thing. She like and she did and she lick immediately. It. She's like, I grab it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just nasty she's got in her face like everybody else is grossed out into it and her as a player she's like fully into the character and she's like no i'm down yeah and so i i'm super excited about that her message to orim oh that was yeah like not even her choice but everybody else's at the table was on (laughs) freaking point with that yeah she like starts sending this like message to Orem. He's in a pitch black warehouse and she's like hyper hyper creepy and gross and like just terrifying to behold. And so she starts like casting the spell and sending this message right to Orem. And she starts like whispering and then Travis immediately starts echoing her in a voice like this, like a really demonic <laughs> voice. And then yeah. everybody else, like Laura, and everybody else, like starts whispering, like really menacingly, like echoing what she's saying in like waves of echoes. And it's like it was such a perfect moment of like a whole table of friends like coming together as a, like on cue. It was a yeah. Great, it was I loved that. <laughs> I've that's one that I've watched a couple times since because it was so good. And Orem Liam like plays this tiny little halfling, and he's like, "Um, I was doing okay." <laughs> <laughs> and Ashley's character, she's just she, like she's just being weird yeah casual about it and uh-huh. so she goes and bangs on the door and scratches on the door <laughs> yeah she's like banging on the door and or i'm hearing like this super demonic terrifying voice in his head <laughs> yeah it's just like it just it all comes together in such a good way liam tried to make an unscarred character and then the group just ruined it for him <laughs> he ruined it for him yeah oh it's true oh so good we gotta wrap it up because i I, I've broken my promise again on yeah, the length of this episode. I know. We did it again. But is there anything else about Campaign Three that you wanted to mention before we wrap up? I mean, yes. we're gonna, you know, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it years from now when they when they wrap it up again. But uh, <laughs> but at the beginning, is there anything yeah. you want to get out? Yes. So far, I'm very impressed with the storytelling uh, on Matt's mainly Matt's part, but it's the storytelling devices that he uses employs all of the characters at the table yeah like my favorite thing is the the way they go about talking about the city it's as if like ashton Tallison's character has lived there for a long time and it's yeah. like it's as if imogen and laudna have been in town for a while trying to get into this college and they kind of know the town and they, like, in the group, just are talking about the city and, like, things about the city. And the NPCs that Matt plays, they are, they're just, like, conversing naturally about the things that are going on. Um, and it's just a really cool, natural way to, uh, to like, introduce the lore of, of the world. Uh, and that's, like, that's something that I've noticed and i really like and it's it's actually 
it goes back to this this anime that I've been watching called Cowboy Bebop, and it's very it's very much the same way. Like, you just get dumped into this story, like seemingly in the middle of the story that's already been going on with these characters that already have relationships, and have already been around the city or the whatever uh, the in the in canon world, and they're just like talking about the world, but. And it's like, and it's up to you, the, the viewer, to like, read between the lines, pick up the little nuances, and like, and like, piece it together on your own. Yeah. Which is a super, super satisfying way to experience a story, I think. And so I'm, I'm super excited to keep to keep going on that. I've, like you said, just inspired. By Matt and the whole crew and their their talents of storytelling and uh, yeah, just just super 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 happy to be part of the Cool Kids Club. I like it. I have to I have to mention the orc and him baking a cake. Oh, that was such a good scene. Yes, and Imogen Freaking was like, like Imogen hated it, but she was still trying to be polite about it. Yeah, but just like the players' faces, it was such a D and D moment mm-hmm. when this big old like orc, and he's like, "And I made a cake." And Laura's face is like, "What the hell?" <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and then like a second passes, and she's one hundred and twenty percent down for it. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, in character, yeah, she, like, snaps back into character, and she's, like, just being so polite about it, even though it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. That, I, just, I just thought that was hilarious, and that was, like, like this is what D&D is. Yeah. You, you think that you're doing these amazing epic things, and really you're fictionally <laughs> role-playing eating a cake that doesn't taste good. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the For heck? an orc. Yeah. <laughs> it's... Yes. So... Have you seen the part where they Fern goes through Bertrand's pockets after he dies? Oh my <laughs> goodness. I saw like Liam um so you guys were talking about that in the Discord mm-hmm. before I'd even uh, gotten to that point, but I like and so I thought I thought Matt was the one that had to call it off, but I saw when I was watching it it was Liam that had to like say yeah. it. It's like Travis, you have to stop. <laughs> Yeah, because he just, like, so what happened is, like, Bertrand's dead, they recover his body, and Fern, the kleptomaniac, is just, like, going through his pockets and taking stuff out. And so Matt was like, uh, okay, you go through his pockets, and we'll have Travis text you what you find. And so, like, a couple minutes later, she starts reading these texts that just keep coming in, and uh, she, she finds uh, a 30-year-old condom... <laughs> Some oh a copy of Reader's <laughs> yeah, Digest just, or TV yeah. Guide. It was like TV Guide or something, and some some old like Linty uh, Werther's originals. <laughs> just <laughs> complete nostalgic <laughs> old guy. Yeah, just like the things that uh, that a guy who's not ready to be an old yeah, guy yeah. would have, but also like is really <laughs> old and like reads TV yeah, Guide yeah. and stuff. Uh, it was, yeah, like, there was Liam, and I think Matt was even, like, yelling at Travis, too. Like, stop interrupting my game! (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I 
Because it was very disruptive. It was I, I loved it, though. Because, like, Marisha oh, couldn't yes. get enough of it. Marisha had her eyes glued <laughs> to her phone. Some people were, like, on different yeah. levels of trying to pay attention, and Marisha was just like, nope, this is my... Nope, I'm <laughs> yeah, out. This is the storyteller right now. <laughs> um, I loved it. Um, okay, all right, we gotta, we gotta sorry, stop. Sorry. Um, all right, all right. Next time, uh, we're going to take a quick uh, break from, from D&D. Initially, I was thinking that we might talk about some of the new book releases on the next uh, upload. I'm really excited. Um, but I realized that that would, uh, based on the date, we would, the, we would be reading, recording, and um, editing the episode all in one day. Because I think the day that uh, the day of the upload is the day that um, Shaven releases, um, so we're not oh, doing wow. it. So yeah, we ain't. Do- um, so we're just gonna we're just gonna, nothing D and D related. Uh, we're just gonna be uh, a lot of stuff has happened for both uh, Brian and myself, and so we're yes. just gonna quickly kind of catch up on that. And uh, I mentioned it a couple times, kind of with my move and everything. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah. After that, then, then we'll dive right back into D and D. Just straight, straight back. back. We can't get yeah. enough. Sorry, guys. Uh, you can tell I've been. I think I've just. Uh, this is me being like mentally uh, going through withdrawals because I haven't uh, been playing or running a lot of D and D in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So I think we're just feeling the effects right now. So, yeah, so if right. you've listened this long, wow! But thank you. Thank you. And as always, don't believe anything we say. Go watch Critical Mm, Role. Thanks, guys.